so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. We are free! Hey, hey, welcome to a new episode. Blah. A new episode of Ho Ho Hong Kong Podcast. I'm your host, Mohamed Magdi, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, my lovely buddy. Vivek Mabubani. I will pronounce it myself because you guys can't do it right every time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> never. Uh, so yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, do us a favor. Just recommend it to a friend. Just one friend. Just message them. Send them the episode. Uh, tell them this is something I enjoy and just let them uh, share this joy with us. Yeah. And if you really enjoyed it, recommend your friend to subscribe to our Patreon. Wee. Yeah, you do it as well, but I mean, I know, I know you're cheap. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, okay. So yeah, way to incentivize yeah, people to subscribe. To well, the tell Patreon. your friend that I'd subscribe. So um, you know, uh, actually, pressure. if you get a friend, we're, we're, let's just run a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, if you get your friend to subscribe, we'll send them a fake like a uh, screenshot with the subscription. Like, oh yeah, yeah I'm totally subscribed. Yeah, too. we'll actually we'll, we'll I'll Photoshop a screenshot of like you know your subscription confirmation yeah, with page. my face on it on a pyramid. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we'll do something like that. <laughs> just do it. Just yeah, message. Uh, also, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify whatever the platform is how hey. long have i known you for like what four or five years well you you've known of me i've no <laughs> no no but like, i remember i was headlining takeout one time oh yeah yeah and you were here right uh, jamie let me book my own openers and i actually didn't i just met you at shows but i hadn't really talked to you but i'm like this guy's good i should book him and then i sent jamie back i'm like yeah i want this guy vivek mansagani yeah, yeah, yeah and he responds back with like those are two different people <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're like i'll take both please yeah, exactly yeah, nah, Mahesh, who wants to book him yeah. all right anyways well if people want to book you where do they find you uh add the other muhammad on instagram okay. yeah open for private parties uh kids birthdays and yeah yeah whatever. and if, if, if you need like a stunt double an indian stunt double get mahesh mansagani <laughs> Comedian, get me Vivek Mahavani. Yeah, or if you want a real comedian, don't message me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, but speaking of comedians, man, it's not just the two of us who's going to be on the podcast today, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a, We have a hilarious comedian <laughs> no. all the way. <laughs> oh, uh, no, actually, we have uh, my good buddy. Um, you want to introduce yourself? I always introduce the guest. Let's do it this time differently. You just want to talk about it's yourself. like, who are you? Yeah, who are you? Who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Simon Wilson, and I try and run interesting events in Hong Kong. Is that what? How do, yeah, I don't describe that's oneself. Fair. Is it? Yeah. Well, you had an that's event. That's very modest. You, you have been running the biggest event in Hong Kong for the last year, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I suppose we have. Yeah, but then someone else pointed out recently that it's been the only event in Hong Kong over the last year. So don't, <laughs> don't be too smug about it. We won an award and they were like, best event in Asia Pacific. And then yeah. someone like, emailed me, it's the only event please, in Asia please Pacific. Please don't put so. it that way. A lot of comedians consider them like the, the winner of certain competitions when there's only one competitor. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's like, yeah, that's the best open micer in Kowloon. Yeah, like, exactly. There's no open mics in Kowloon. Yeah. You, you did your you own open guy. mic on your rooftop. So it's not really... So yeah. uh, Simon, you run the lawn... And the grounds, which is something everyone in Hong Kong would know about. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> well, for anybody who has somehow been ignorant all this time in Hong Kong, the lawn, the grounds is basically the Star Ferry in Central Side. You'll see that little open space that you've had movies, we've had comedy shows there, and different stuff. And basically, when you're going on the bridge, going to the ferry to spend like two dollars on a ferry and go like, "What's that space? Yeah, I want to be there instead." It's the space where people used to go to for free, and now he charges them like a thousand dollars to get yeah, in. It's exactly so that. that. Yeah, it's a smart <laughs> business model. Just, uh, yeah. Public space. And, no, no. It's not. <laughs> um, yeah. So we created the. First First purpose-built, COVID-responsible entertainment offering in Hong Kong, which is very hard to say very fast three yeah. times in a row, especially <laughs> if you're Irish. Yeah. But um, that was the idea, to create a safe space in the middle of Hong Kong where we could try and put on events and experiences for people in a difficult time. I think we launched in October 20. 20 yeah which is a tricky time yeah. and we just wanted to do something for the city it wasn't really a commercial enterprise to start we thought if we can not lose money on this this would be great yeah. and we were very lucky that things went well and we didn't lose money which was awesome so we it we, seems we like it's quite a big investment though like for for you to to take a chance like this and hope to break even that you're also taking a big risk yeah it was a big punt but i think part of it was if we didn't do, my, my business partner describes it like this, there was two types of people mm. in 2020, those that were hiding under their duvets and waiting for it to be over and wake me up in 2021, or those that were kind of peeping up and keen to do something. Right. And we very much saw ourselves in the latter camp. And so we tried to get something started and we, we met with great partners who 
kind of suppliers and stakeholders in the events game who'd normally want to the commercial model had been very different before. You pay big rental fees and rental charges, mm. but this time we talked about a, an element of partnership and the guy who rents the stage, the sound equipment, yeah. the, the screen, all that stuff. They hadn't worked in like 18 months. Right. With obviously social unrest and then COVID. A lot of the big events in Hong Kong just hadn't happened. So yeah. we were very lucky to work with those guys and they offered us just really reasonable, decent terms. Like we kind of said, we're going to do this. We want to... Remember this meeting was so cheesy and the guy kind of laughed at me and my colleagues laughed at me and then they laugh at me all the time about it. Mm-hmm. I was saying we want to try and like shine a light for the events industry in Hong Kong to say like we're going to do something and we're yeah. going to try and like kind of set a good example and show that we can do events during COVID times. And if it goes well, we'll hopefully all generate more b- business and things will kind of improve for the events game. And they laughed at me, yeah. And then, <laughs> that um, sounds very cheesy. It sounds like <coughs> you just finished reading like a Tony Robbins book and yeah. you're like, that's a good thing to say at I a pitch meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's um, what I mean, like it sounds really positive where like everyone's kind of like, you're an idiot, what's wrong? You're like, the power of now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Do it now. Yeah. I yeah. am the giant yes, within. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> just spouting like Simon Sinek phrases your over guru. and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a bit of that, but then... Uh, if you don't have a crack, if you don't give it a go, what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. So Did you guys have a, a, a certain plan for like the movies, the events or the music, or were you just kind of winging it as you go? Uh, I'd love to say we had a very considered strategic approach to what we did. Uh, no, we did. <laughs> we did. We had we had some. We had a notion in place when I first mm. got involved in this this company or started this new company. Mm. Um, I this crazy ride before, and I, I like COVID wasn't kind to me. I lost my job. We kind of our right. wedding got cancelled. All these things happened, and I met this this uh, the guy who operates the wheel, and he was like, "We have mm. these ideas. We want to do some stuff. We're not really sure what it is, but we think we can do something. Do you want to come in and have a look?" Mm. And then we just started with the idea of let's create a safe space and go from there and see what we can do. Yeah. And the rules change so often, have changed so much, as you guys know as performers, yeah. for live entertainment versus live music and what's constituted as a performance and all these things. It was a bit more gray at the start. So we just kind of tried what, what right. worked and, and just kind of went see with what, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until someone stops you, basically, you're like, oh, what S- you're doing is that. Sort of, yeah. But we're in a very public, public space yeah. where we are and we operate on public land. It's government land that we've leased. So we have to be almost wider than white in terms of restrictions mm-hmm. and, and, and protocols and responsible, COVID responsible practices. Mm. Um, but we started off with the idea of some movies and we wanted to have some um, comedy. I talked to Andy way back when. Yeah. Uh, it was, a, I think, a tricky time for him when he was moving out of one thing yeah. to something else. And um, um, yeah, things were changing, so that didn't come off. But music, um, we wanted to stream some concerts. We wanted to put on some kind of live quiz show entertainment type things. We tried some things, worked really, really well. Some things were not so successful. Some things were really good, but not commercially successful. Yeah. But luckily, we sold so many tickets to a Hugh Grant movie that we could afford to pay for other things, and that was great. So <laughs> Is that like you, licensing the movie? I want to officially thank Hugh Grant for financing the entire project <laughs> of the grounds and, and underwriting the, the efforts. Nice. Uh, no, um, yeah, well, you, you license the movies. You, right. you get an agent to... I don't know. I tore into everything, so I'm not in the same sphere I, as you. I would like you. to clarify <laughs> I have nothing to do with Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is like the, 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 the smallest crime I admitted publicly. It's like, if they're going to get me, they're going to get me for worse shit. <laughs> that would be so good, actually, if like you ended up actually playing a torrent. torrent I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, I, I said I smuggled my dog before, and yeah. no one ca- ca- cared. <laughs> oh, wow. We, oh, I'm a comedian. They can't actually get me. I mean, I don't know. You you actually have been a comedian more than me. Yeah. Like, wh- what are the charges? Like, wh- what is the legal? Like, if something you say on stage, can yeah. he get you for it? For like, oh, did you? you s- aside from mm-hmm. NSL. Yeah, stuff. I was just. Gonna, I was looking at you, going like, uh, Mohammed. Uh, yeah. do you, what year are you still in? Like, no, 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 no. But aside from the NSL stuff, yeah. there's stuff that is like you can't talk about X and Y. Um, if you're talking about like, like there is a famous comedian who talks about how he killed his helper or whatever. Like his. his Mohammed, uh, don't talk about your set. Ha! Huh? <laughs> uh, I, I said famous comedian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. just people who exaggerate. Like, what is the well, legal? Usually, uh, what you will find with comedy because like we don't exactly draw like thousands of people right so the, the thousands of people who get offended are not there at the show so we can <laughs> do whatever we want <laughs> that's a smart move you think I'm not marketing my show as well I'm per- doing it on purpose I think yeah that's the perks of not being famous or successful is that <laughs> the no circle small cares. I like that very smart yeah. exactly <laughs> right yeah the, uh, the, the, the giant within I'm like shh keep it down keep it down <laughs> yeah yeah okay so then uh, although you had to do everything like the, the proper way but did you get any complaints of people like let's say on the bridge going like what's going on you know I don't like this or any, any like, basically, because I'm sure, look, the good thing with Hong Kong is that there's always going to be some haters. There's always going to be someone like, oh, this is a terrible yeah, Especially when you're, when you're pretty successful. And also, almost you came just overnight. Like, as someone who lived here, I didn't know what was going on. And then I heard about the grounds, and I tried to book a ticket, and I couldn't get it for, like, months out. Yeah, that was a strange thing, actually. We had this bizarre couple of weeks where 
thankfully Touchwood, all these mm. shows were selling out. There was this kind of momentum, and yeah. we were naturally excited about it, right? You're like, yeah, sell out. You kind of put tickets on sale on Wednesday, and they're gone by Wednesday evening. Right. And then you have these complaints, and you're sort of, as someone who's worked in live events and experiences for a long time, and events that normally have like a big, like I've worked on food festivals that have like a capacity for 20,000 people, like mm. you never sell 20,000 tickets. Like, right. So you, you always have space for more. But yeah. with this was proper, proper sold out, and people were, People were pissed off. They, they were, were pissed like, off they couldn't get in? Yeah. That's what This is complained. ridiculous. How can I not buy a ticket to see Hugh Grant and four weddings and a funeral? <laughs> like, just so... And then, like, really... This is ridiculous. I went online just after I got the email. I couldn't buy a ticket. You see, and this, I, this is the thing about, like, English uh, movies and stuff. This was the Chinese movie. People were like, why would I buy a ticket when I could be standing on the bridge to watch this for free? <laughs> That's what true. We had, a, yeah. we had a guy bring, like, a pop-up stool and put it in, like, the EVA outside <laughs> yeah. the event. And oh, he was, man. Was trees in the way. He just, he, like... Just, Sat down and opened his bag and took out his like popcorn and like went for it. I was yeah, I yeah, was, yeah. That's it was like, amazing. I mean, that's exactly what happens with the Formula E when they when they uh, open oh, close yeah. up the whole place. They gotta like seal all the bridges because I work at the Formula E and everything. And I, when I'm going to work, I'm like, I don't know where am I right now. You've sealed <laughs> everything. I don't know where my directions are. And you will have people like peeping through the little gaps, going like, yes, I, they I blocked see a it out. There was they had a there was a canto pop singer did a concert at the wheel before before my time working in that area. Yeah, and Ronald. Uh, I think the name is Ronald. Yeah, Ronald, I know Ronald, Ronald Cheng did one. Um, I think it was Easton Chan. If, oh, Easton. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, it, right, it, yeah. like a really big show and yeah. at the wheel. It was for a small number of guests and people were queuing all around the wheel. They were right. queuing all along the bridge. It was like the police were there. They were trying to shut it down because <laughs> it wasn't safe because people were someone just turning up to try was and see Was that during COVID? No, 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 not during oh. COVID. Now, if you want to queue like in COVID, you go to like a shopping mall and see a boy band and there's right. all bets are off. You oh, do what you want, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Social distance in the mirror. I don't know what... It, yeah, it just doesn't, yeah. Like, it doesn't work, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but... Yeah, selling out tickets and it going really well, and people weren't happy, and it was kind of crazy. Yeah. It was a strange. But what about like time. what about the movie choice? Did, didn't you have a lot of debate with that one? I'm sure there were like you know people saying. Yeah, I saw you have Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a crowd pleaser. Uh, we, you know, it's funny. There's so many restrictions on what you can and can't show. So first of all, you can't show anything that's R-rated or. 3A or 3B. I was waiting for for the porn uh, the porn movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had many requests. Actually. <laughs> I know that, that, they were all me. Shows the caliber of my friends <laughs> and yeah. or com yeah, com company I keep. Yeah. Um, 2B, right? You, you can't. I think you were allowed to do 2A, but not 2B. Then we can do some 2B movies. It depends. They they watch the movie. It, the process seems very. Very typically Hong Kong, I suppose. You have mm. to submit a DVD on a disc. Not a, th <laughs> not a, not a thumb drive. So I can't send you a link. I have to yeah. drop off a physical DVD in yeah. a case Who to your office. Who has a DVD player? The or government. They, 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 the computer. government have the only ones left. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they have. Yeah, <laughs> like, they collected them all from like Sam Shui Po yeah. and like one time. Yeah. So there's a company that we could license content from and they said, oh, we have this new online digital download. It's like a Netflix on the back end and you can log in and they can approve them all that way. And they were like, no, cannot. Need a DVD, <laughs> drop it off to the office 14 days before you want to show it. Do you have yeah. to have like the subtitles and the plot and everything? Have to have the subtitles and the yeah. synopsis and the official version. And that's worked out perfectly well apart from the time we tried to slow show Slumdog Millionaire. Uh. And that just really did not work out. because well, What's up with that? Like two thirds of the film is in Hindi, I think. And, and the subtitles ah, were in Cantonese. Yeah. So there was uproar from the expats like, what is this? <laughs> Why is there no subtitles in English? It's a great movie. It's a great that's movie. A yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it did spoil. I mean, we just didn't think it all the way through, to be fair. It was kind yeah. of. Um, yeah, that was annoying. That was really annoying. <laughs> but um, other than that, yeah, subtitles is a big thing and we have to have like a backup DVD. So you're buying two copies of the DVD. My Amazon account just looks bizarre buying these <laughs> random DVDs. Yeah, the suggestions yeah. are terrible now. You're like, yeah. COVID is not really doing well with this guy. Yeah. This yeah. guy's just buying it. Yeah. desperate. He's losing his mind. Yeah, yeah. But um, then some things were just rejected out of, out of hand. Like they gave some strange direction like, like they wouldn't have a show Love Actually, which is like a, a, a very, very popular movie around yeah. Christmas. And there's, there's two scenes in it with some nudity. So we had to try and we had to edit the scenes out of the nudity or the nudity yeah. out of the movie to show it. And then they let us show Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, but not Rocket Man, the um, Elton John movie. Right. And we wow. noticed is it because it's homosexual. Don't, don't know. They, they didn't say explicitly. They just said it was too much. I, mean, I think it was drugs. I think there's references to drugs in it or mm. there's an implicit use of drugs. Yeah. But we could show Bohemian Rhapsody, which I thought was quite strange. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, that, that seems like a little, not arbitrary, but a little maybe random. No, but that's yeah. pretty much, yeah, that, that's very government style like in yeah. Hong Kong when it comes to movies and like art stuff where mm. like whoever it happened to land on the desk of exactly. like that guy that day so yeah. you might approve it and you might not yeah, right yeah. right. but when we were trying to you're trying to plan movies far in advance and list them and sell tickets and things and we realised we couldn't do that because you could have a movie declined you're actually you're not actually told if it's going to be approved or not until mm. you go to their office the day you're meant to show it and they give you a physical piece of paper saying you're allowed to show it oh, oh is, really? it, is it like and the Oscars it was like a sealed envelope it's <laughs> not even that glamorous no it's like a tear off like an old fax machine They're like here's your cert yeah. yeah and then 
you may or may not get it approved on the day. Yeah, because like, I know like with government uh, venues, if you book their venues and you make posters and everything, you have to get their approval, you have their logos and everything, yeah. and all that done. And then basically, again, it's like the approval comes from the guy who's like, I like the poster, so I will give you a chop. And I'm like, I could, I could fake that chop, you know. Yeah, uh, That reminded me when Andy and me ran a comedy club back in Shanghai, and towards the end... Oh, like basically when we knew like the, that window is closing, they were just tightening the restrictions so much. But it was a similar scenario, except that these are open mic shows. So they're submitting, they ask us to submit a script in advance. No one goes to open mic, by the way, knowing what they're going to say. Yeah. So that's even assuming purpose, that right? that's true, imagine like tra- trying to translate to Chinese some terrible open micer jokes about how the men and women are different and like supplying it to the, the culture bureau and just for waiting approval, for like two yeah. for approval and also they want a video I'm like you don't even understand the concept of an open mic yeah, there is yeah. no yeah it's like do you want the they, guy to just film himself in his bedroom <laughs> probably, practicing probably yes yeah. and they probably just want to make it so difficult that you say you don't, you don't bother yeah. and that's exactly too, what too hard baskets yeah. and we try to go around it but then when we try to run the theater shows like we, we did like a thousand people thousand two hundred and we fly in that that cannot go under the radar and they're asking the same thing and we just submit the scripts and we get the email back which just all read wow yeah and then we give it to the artist the artist is like well i'm not doing it yeah yeah wow. it's just not worth it yeah. yeah well i mean over here we don't have that problem yet <laughs> not, yeah, not yet not not that hard, <laughs> not that hard working just yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah i don't want to read all this stuff uh, but going care. back into your work history bit so what you you have worked in events for a long time Yes, yeah, I, I, I worked in events as, as far back as high school. I was the guy who organized the kind of school disco or the graduation or like the... Um, was there any particular reason you liked organizing events where you're just like the kid who wanted to be famous and popular and you're like, I'll make my own party? Uh, yeah, no one came to my party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, no, I, 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 just, I think I've always been interested in like business and how things work. I'm the kind of the guy who goes into the restaurant and counts the seats and is like, oh, hey, <laughs> how many covers and what's going on? That's why sitting in this room, I'm like, how is he commercializing this space? This <laughs> um, so I just thought there was an opportunity when you're a kid like how else do you you book the venue for this much and then you charge this much and there's a difference in the two and you and do that, okay and that's why you're so good in asia because that's asian mentality right over yeah. there like, what the hell yeah. is this guy making money and i'm not like what's uh, going on <laughs> exactly that yeah um so yeah i organized like school discos and things and, and that was back in ireland back in ireland in dublin yeah i'm from okay. dublin originally yeah and organized it in school and then i went to university and where did you go to university i went to ucd university college dublin mm. um in yeah in Belfield in Dublin uh, loved it there it was great and then I, I actually ended up I got elected as auditor of the Commerce and Economic Society which sounds very Ooh, fancy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah once upon a time I think it was like this former Taoiseach which is like our prime minister was like auditor of the society it was like a big deal mm. yeah but by the time I got there it just descended into like all these Van Wilder wannabes like causing carnage and organizing parties right so, yeah <laughs> there was an element of like some sort of debating society you meant to do and like also some careers advice but mostly we just organized pr- prestigious events like the Commerce Bowl or uh, the Beach Bowl or Rappers and Slappers which is a very uh, <laughs> colorful one why couldn't we have that at the lawn Rappers and Slappers oh yeah that like I've, mat- I've matured since uh, my <laughs> university days we know a lot of immature people yeah, that can true. make it successful yeah. for you yeah you'd have 10 comedians show up like who do I slap yeah <laughs> oh, so you're not familiar with the concept of a slapper, no? I don't actually know. Okay, sorry. So, like, a slapper is like a euphemism or an Irish or English, British slang word for like a a girl who dresses provocatively or kind of like a I don't see crass and say like a, a slut, like slapper is sort of like a slutty sort right. of a girl. Oh, so like my ex-girlfriend. Okay, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <There you> okay. <laughs> so it's hilarious. In college, you start off and like the you first year. You know she's year, on Patreon, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to hear this. <laughs> Pay up. Save that one for the end until the whole story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. But sorry, in, in college, in the first year, it's like rappers and slappers. So like uh, girls dress like guys dress like in their rapper gear and then they're really clever. And then girls dress very provocatively because that's what you, I think. Please yeah, tell like me do. it's a bunch of Irish dudes in blackface. No, no, there wasn't uh, that. God thankfully. damn it. There it wasn't expensive. funny guys, though, came like, in black, black bin liners and they had M-A-R-S on it and they wanted to be sweet rappers or like <laughs> candy bar rappers. <laughs> and that I did laugh at. But um, no, it was mostly um, white guys who listened to too much rap music dressing like... Yeah. Black did guys. did, did they bleep out the N-word or did you just did they no, just, they just lean into that stuff? What's that what's that Chris Rock said? He's like, just go for it. Yeah. Yes. No. Um but I, I just I noticed the progression as people matured over time, like the first year college girls, and then when we're leaving college, the girls are like, Yeah, I'm not dressing up like that. And they dress as rappers and they just weren't having it. They just decided yeah. I'm, I'm over this now. Oh my god. Wow. Um, okay. But that was fun, yeah. So organizing parties in college. How old were you at the time? <clears throat> 20, 20. Wow, 20 okay. Years old. 
Yeah. And it was fun. So you kind of, I had a year off from studies and you kind of get, um, you raise all this corporate sponsorship. So like very prestigious accountancy firms or legal firms sponsor yeah. you because they want to recruit from the group of students. Mm. So you've got a budget to play with. So it was like being sponsored or kind of being in college, but having no classes to do, just organizing events. Yeah. Which is really fun. Yeah. And for a young guy, especially you're like, oh shit, I get to skip classes and just hang out with rich people. Exactly. That and well. They give, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it was just a great time. Yeah. And, and to be able to just do fun stuff. You had a budget to create fun stuff. So yeah. like we did stupid things like I actually got like a fleet of golf carts and covered them in like pink and blue like wrap and then drove them around campus because we thought we were like it was the time the Van Wilder movie was out. Yeah. We thought we were really clever. Yeah. <laughs> and like campus security would like chase you in the golf carts in these like four by fours and they're obviously much faster than <laughs> right. you are. But then you could just go down the like the ramps and not care because yeah. it wasn't your it was always yeah, yeah, you care about the like property, evade yeah. campus nice. security. So we did fun stuff like that and then right. organizing like um just different parties, but just sp kind of you had a budget to spend on doing fun, cool stuff. So students had a good time. Was there any event that stood out like that went really bad or like that, you know, investors or whatever got like upset for you, like how stupid the idea was? We, we organized a party to go down to the or to go to the west coast of Ireland. It's very famous for surfing, a place called La Hinch. Mm -hmm. And it was like the first year surf trip. So part of the college thing, it's maybe like a frat in the US. You have to like give back and show that you're invested in the college life. So we organized a trip for first years or freshers to go mm. to... Um, to this surf village and we booked all these holiday homes and we basically just like gave them all free beer and stuff and these like these were like 17 18 year old kids oh, yeah. and they just lost their minds and <laughs> th one of them thought it was a greek wedding so they smashed every plate in the, in the, in the holiday <laughs> home another guy some guy had this like weird mattress fetish so he ran around all the holiday homes there might be 20 in like a in a like a little village yeah and he was like pushing all the mattresses out the window <laughs> so he'd walk around to see all these mattresses like strewn across the grass it's like uh -huh. where is this guy and you see him running around like laughing to himself like playing with mattresses it was quite strange. <laughs> I think people just just dumb and in college and just trying to do right. stupid things. And you also when you're giving them this much freedom and yeah. alcohol at such a young age, they will act, act irresponsibly. Absolutely. And we yeah. were supposed to be the responsible adults, like two or three years older than them, and we were right. doing the same, the same, if not worse. <laughs> of course. And then, like we were in charge, like giving out free T-shirts and like more beers, like it was right. a cool thing to do. So <laughs> it was a really, really fun time, but a really stupid time as well. But um, really, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, really, really good time. And uh, when did Hong Kong happen? Uh, I went from uni, I worked in F&B, and then I ended up in Australia. I did five years in Australia. Mm. I meant to go for like five weeks, and I ended up staying for five years. Yeah. That was cool. What was the reason? think Ireland is not white enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was like, no, I thought my fair ginger skin, where should I go? Ah, where the hole in the ozone layer exactly. is. Yeah, get some more sun. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was 2011, and things weren't great in Ireland, so mm. I'd... Um, I'd, I'd lost my job. I was kind of like, wasn't sure what to do next. And I was thinking I might go traveling and I took a part-time job at working in sales. Mm. So I used to sell like booths at food festivals. So like if you're a small chocolate company or a jam company or a wine company, come and buy a booth and sell your wares. Mm. And the company I worked for had an office in Australia and they needed somebody to go work there for six weeks or five weeks. And I said, they're like, if you come... Uh, we'll pay you some commission and you can like go traveling afterwards. And I thought that sounded the best thing ever because I think mm. that, that Christmas I was like, I was like packing ice skates in an ice rink. Oh man. I was literally like, I was taking the ice skates and I wasn't even cool enough to like be on the rink skating, right, like patrolling. Yeah. I was like packing the ice skates. Yeah. And so Australia was really interesting. And then the same company said, oh, do you want to come to London for a job or would you go to Sydney? And I was like, hmm, let me think. And the guy in London was like very formal. He's like, okay, we'll interview you next Wednesday at like four o'clock. And the, mm -hmm. the lady in Sydney was like, well, we'll just fly you to Sydney next Tuesday at one o'clock. Do you want to go? And I was like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I went to Australia. You're like, let me cancel my Wednesday interview yes. first. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even cancel. Didn't right. cancel. <laughs> the guy sitting there tapping the table, he will show up soon. Yeah. <laughs> He's still waiting. <laughs> He's still waiting. I ended up actually working with him later on. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we didn't get on. Did you fall? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, did you fall? Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, weren't you the person who, who stood me up? Yes. Like, that didn't for sound the right. interview. Yeah. Um, and didn't didn't take it too seriously just had a good time in sydney mm. um a lot of irish out there at the time um but it was very student-esque people were kind of living like they were kind of backpacking but sort of working yeah there's and a lot of i mean i see that here too before the lockdown and everything there's a lot of people who live here but they act like they're just tourists yeah i, I think a lot of people i think in f and b i find that because it's a bit transient right? you come for yeah. a period of time you got a holiday yeah, visa. is like that big time yeah, big time, and you it's see harder to get a permanent visa and to plant mm -hmm. roots. And because mm -hmm. the cost of living here, it's hard to yeah. see yourself maybe here forever unless you do a certain type of a job. So maybe it's for a good time, not a long time. Right. It's cool to have on the CV if you work in again in that F and B space. Yeah. So say I worked in this restaurant in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, it works really well. So, um, yeah, Sydney was like that, and a lot of Irish people. And I didn't particularly like hanging out with all the Irish people. If I'm <laughs> honest, it was um the first day I arrived in Sydney, I went to go buy like 
towels and Target and like bed sheets because I was staying on someone's couch. <laughs> so I thought bed sheets would make it much fancier. <laughs> and um, yeah. I walked through and I saw these two Irish girls wearing, um, we have two traditional games in Ireland. One's Gaelic football and mm. one is hurling. Uh, which are very unique sports to Ireland, like Aussie yeah. Rules football or something Is like that. Is it like curling, but you throw it at each other? No, no, it's actually extremely, it's like lacrosse, but like way more hardcore and no wow. pads. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow. When you're a kid and you play hurling, they teach you to run towards the guy swinging the bat. <laughs> yeah. That's how to crazy To be honest, if I had to make up an Irish game, that's probably what I would make up. <laughs> yeah, that does sound very Irish, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's incredibly skilled, and um, I never ever played it as a kid. Mm. But... um. These two girls I saw were wearing the full like jersey and shorts and socks of their local county team from like Ireland right. and carrying hurls walking through Bondi Junction. And I was like, I've flown to the other side of the world <laughs> yeah, with, a two, uh, yeah. with a word for a person who's not from Dublin in Ireland. It's called a culchy. Like mm-hmm. you're not from like the, the capital city or a culchy. I was like, yeah. it's two culchies knocking around Sydney and I flew <laughs> all this way and this is what I've, this is what I got into. Right. Did, so you, did you actually say that out loud around them? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody culchies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go on home. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I didn't know. I was, yeah. they, had, they were holding sticks. I was scared of them. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, a big hurly you Also, also you they're t- Irish women. You're scared of them yeah. anyway. Yes. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. Yeah, as yeah. much as you were taught to run towards them, you're like, nah, not here. Not today. No, <laughs> not, here. not today. Not today. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ireland, Sydney was full of Irish people and, and certain parts of it. So I tried really hard to live with like people who didn't, who weren't from uh, who weren't from Ireland mm-hmm. and move in with some Aussies and kind of build more of a stable-ish sort of a life there. And work went really well for me. So no mattresses all over the floor, right? Cause no, no I got out of that yeah. pretty quickly. My first three months, I was with two buddies from college, one from school and one from college. Okay. And I think I came home one night and like the front door was open and there was like kebab grease smeared on the wind, the w- <laughs> light switch. Yeah. And my, my housemate was like passed out like on the couch with like kebab <laughs> on his chest. <laughs> and, and that's I, when you went to I was like, no, nah, I'm out of here. This yeah. is done with this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got over that pretty quickly and tried to move in with some people and kind of establish a bit of a life. But Sydney's a strange place. It's not as welcoming as Hong Kong. I think mm-hmm. Hong Kong is a very open, warm, inclusive place. Yeah. Mm-hmm in certain maybe circles like maybe expat circles sure but uh sydney was not it was like oh you're not from sydney well sorry don't really want to know or that's yeah yeah i already have enough friends from sydney so true yeah i think over here people are, are happy to play with you as long as you're willing to have that mentality like over here people work really hard and like they en- we like we kind of enjoy that craziness where we have tight deadlines and everything just like all a mess but somehow we make it work i think if you're willing to play that game mm. people are like yeah you're one of us let's, let's go nuts let's go some- do something big otherwise like i guess in sydney I, even when i was there like the vibe was there was a bit like oh work but till five and don't talk to me oh yeah yeah or or they do summer hours yeah they finish at three <laughs> yeah but they start like get up early so i used to love sydney like get up at five go to the gym have your breakfast to go to work and then you could finish at three in the summer and and hit the beach not that i could with my complexion yeah. <laughs> uh, d- d- different to you chaps yeah. and um, the so it was yeah it was harder to to enjoy the outdoor stuff in that way but um the, the quality of life in Sydney is awesome. It's just too far from home for me, I thought. I always felt it was very far away from Ireland and two flights. I remember my, my grandmother passed away and my sister was in Sydney at the time with me and mm. we literally dropped everything, got the call, dropped everything to get a flight to go home and the fastest we could get home was 21 hours. Yeah. Oof. And that was like, we were like, whatever, what's the next flight? Like, here's my credit card, whatever. I just want to get home and see my dad because his mum had passed away. And um, they were like, yeah, 21 hours through Singapore, if you're lucky, if you make this connection, maybe. Yeah. If the wind is behind you. And I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so things like that, it made you feel very far from home. And as people started getting married and people having kids and all that kind of stuff, my parents getting a bit older, I wanted to be closer to home. So Hong Kong was... Um, was very uh, interesting when the company the company I worked for in Australia got acquired by this big glamorous sports marketing company mm. and um they said straight away we want to launch in Asia do you fancy going to Hong Kong and trying to launch these Is that something festivals? like Barstool in the US something like that or uh, uh, no I'm kind of yeah I'm sure I can talk about it yeah I don't work there anymore uh, <laughs> it's a company called Endeavor so they're a very mm. very glamorous sleek company they just launched on this they went public in the US but mm. um do you know Entourage the TV show yeah of course yeah. so Ari Gold is the big char- character in Entourage yeah. the character of Ari Gold is based on a guy called Ari Emanuel mm. and Ari Emanuel is the CEO of Endeavor oh wow oh, so wow. the story from the TV yeah it's really cool the story from the TV show is like mm. um He's he he has the, he's in this big agency and he gets mm. kicked out and he starts his own small agency and they buy the big agency and yeah. then he goes around with the paintball gun and he's like I'm back yeah it's sort of that story this guy Ari was in a big agency they they got rid of him he started his own company and then they ended up buying this bigger agency and yeah uh, it's like David buying Goliath yeah and then they bought um, 
IMG, which is big sports media business, which was like, um, you know... Yeah, Jer- huge. Yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know Jerry Maguire, the movie? Yeah. Yes. This is always the way I tell the story. It's the two mm. uh, movie things. So the movie Jerry Maguire is loosely based on the culture of IMG, that kind of show me the money, mm. sports marketing, media, sponsorship, agent environment. That was where IMG started. The guy was like Arnold Palmer's agent, the golfer. Mm. And so in the movie, the guy who sacks, who fires Jerry Maguire is a guy called Bob Sugar in the movie. Mm. And he's based on a guy called Bob Kane, who is the CEO of, of IMG. Wow. Um, and there's loads, all the, there's a lot of the anecdotes, like most of these things, they take them all, all the best bits and they make them into a TV show or yeah. a movie. And it's, you know, this is going to be the sound bite for this episode. It's just like all the people he talked about and I just mentioned them on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> at them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 all of them. All yeah, of yeah, them. And no name Irish guy was just dropping names. <laughs> left, right, He's name dropping left yeah. and right. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm curious, like, did you, did you show Jerry Maguire at the lawn? Did you show that movie? No, I didn't. I mean, oh, I, you should have shown I, I, all I, I, these classic movies. Lining it up for the, for the grounds, actually, for the for the next season, I think it'd be a, a great movie. People really like it. Oh, nice. definitely. But you have to cut them scenes. I know there's some scenes definitely will not oh, be able to Oh, there's some Rudy Nudies. Yeah, okay. there's some of those. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's okay. People will be happy when you say, show me the money. They're like, that's good English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to learn that line. Yeah. Say it again. Ah, I know <laughs> that. <laughs> that's very, very relatable in Hong Kong. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, you moved here with them? Yeah, moved here with them. Yeah, they 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 bought this company that I worked for. I used to run food festivals, something mm. called Taste, Taste of Hong Kong or Taste of Sydney or Taste of Dublin I worked on. Nothing and to do with the supermarket, right? Nothing at all, no. So when I came to Hong Kong to launch this prestigious global international culinary experience called Taste <laughs> yeah. Festivals, and they're like, oh, like the supermarket. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah. what? Like all these fancy chefs. And then you wanted yeah. to change They're like, oh, let's call it like, welcome to food. You're like, ah, the damn yeah. supermarket again. Welcome to food. Stop it. <laughs> What's on everyone's mind? Watson's again. Come there to my food festival. Park and shop my food festival. No, they have that one too. <laughs> Shitty yeah. super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a real bummer. And then oh, I saw m- more mentions for this episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm Sponsor- killing it. With this. Uh, sponsorship, please. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Go on to you, bye. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Food Festival came here with that to launch yeah. that. And uh, it was awesome. I got to move to Hong Kong on someone else's dime, pretty much, and, right. and try and try and launch a food event, which I did, which is which is tough in Hong so Kong. So which year was that? 2015 I moved I okay, the first right, 16. Yeah. okay that was a pretty active time like events were like 2015, 16 that was pre-Formula E as well then just before Formula E yeah, yeah, Cirque du yeah. Soleil just been in I think Cavalier was here yeah 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 um, that was big man there was a lot of stuff happening I remember that was all the time when they had the that was that the, the under, Utterbelly or something Utterbelly was here yeah so yeah. Um, the guys with the carnival did Utterbelly yeah yeah um, Obviously, it's a comedy part to it, right? There's comedy yeah. shows in Utterbelly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Utterbelly is a comedy show, and they yeah. had that. They had fringe, the big tent over there. Thing, I thought, or part of Fringe. It was Festival. kind of Fringe, but they had mostly English shows. They had a couple of Chinese shows, I, I remember. And we were talking to them about some stuff, but I think the dates didn't work out to have some Cantonese I mean, at the same well. time, Live Nation was running a lot of stuff here, too, I think. But you guys, Live Nation was doing more just like concerts, one offs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but like they were doing really yeah, yeah. big so events. 2015, they were like, what is it? Like Bruno Mars and. and I whoever. think so. Yeah, like the, a couple of really, really was, big Was Lady Gaga you guys? I think. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, I'm not I mean, I mean, for them I mean, yeah. anymore. I mean, Live Nation. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, so almost probably, every massive, yeah. massive name. I remember at the 2015, time. 2016, I was doing like also the Macau Grand Prix, and that's when all, like, it was just super active. Like, mm. there was like Macau Grand Prix in, in Macau, and Hong yeah. Kong have all the wine and dine festivals. Are you like a secret motorsports, like, guru, Viv? Is me? That what, yeah. No, 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 no. no. They, they, <laughs> just, they just get me that, like, you can speak both languages. Do it. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know nothing about You're cars. I don't even have a license. They're like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Show yeah. me the money. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that in Cantonese, Bingo Tai Chin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. So okay. So 2015. I, that's a very good time actually for events in Hong Kong. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I turned up and and the the company had just been acquired and they were so keen to get something happening in Hong Kong, kind of plant the flag for food festivals in this part of the world. So, um, got had a really my first six months in Hong Kong were like pretty awesome. I basically got paid to eat and drink. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Is that how you got involved with Master Chef as well? Uh, the MasterChef one came in Australia. So the, mm. the guy I used to work for, the guy who sold the company to IMG, a guy called Chris Hughes, who I, I love dearly and was a great mentor and um, ridiculous character, but still someone I stay in touch with. Right. This guy, like, um, he's the guy. He always tells this story at corporate events. He's the guy at school who organized events because no one would, like, invite him to the oh. events. He's the guy who used to, like, organize like, Battle of the Bands because, like, he wanted to be in a band but wasn't. Yeah. So he'd be, like, he'd be the, the roadie or whatever. <laughs> right. He was, that guy. He was the nerdy, so smart. the nerdy, ugly, spotty guy he called himself. Or the fat yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. But right. you got to get his approval to be honest show is like I will not approve this band you're too handsome Get yes on. exactly that yeah. um, and he, he's very um, what's the word uh, not self-effacing like basically slagging himself off the whole time mm. um, but he's um, 
Self-deprecating, that's it. Right. He, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. Chris, Chris, um, he used to have these crazy ideas for shows. Before my time, he did things like, um, he came up with the, the taste concept, which was very successful, and, and he did quite well of it when he sold it. He had an event called like the House of Steve, and okay. it was like, <laughs> like it was like, um, you know, the Carlsberg campaign, like Carlsberg don't do this, mm. but if they did, it'd be the best thing in the world. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to think of like. Carl's, or if you had this ultimate like lads day out in the pub what would it yeah. be so you yeah. get into the pub and like the football's on and there's like the football commentator sitting beside you and you're like having a chat with the pundit yeah. Right. yeah and then like Robbie Williams comes on this like the pub microphone yeah. and like sings open mic and like yeah. all these things like an amazing day out yeah. I think it was a bit before it's time in terms of an event but um, he just wanted to do really yeah, cool yeah that sounds amazing by the way yeah, yeah he just wanted to do really cool stuff he had this we had these lines like it was a very small company with not a lot of resource but everyone was really into it mm. very passionate and he used to t- when he, he was such a good speaker and still is a great public speaker but he'd talk about doing cool events and cool experiences and yeah. he was like exhibitions are like rows of people bored in a stand talking to rows of people who are bored outside the stand they have nothing fun or passionate about it yeah. we want to do things where people get excited to come along and have their best day out if you were into cooking you go to MasterChef if you're having, into cars you come to Top Gear if you loved eating and drinking at restaurants you come to Taste yeah. and that was kind of it was all about con- passion points he always talked about passion about the events that we did and I really I always appreciated that and liked it and it was kind of part of the fun of, of working there so working for a small company and for a crazy a crazy boss was really fun yeah. <laughs> speaking so, of passion i mean uh, if you're loving this podcast patreon.com slash oh yeah <laughs> just, uh, great just, segue yeah because sponsorship i just wanted to get into that key, point as well. key, yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right go on so you so those projects are what you were doing like in australia you were saying right yeah so this guy had this business where he 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 somehow befriended jeremy clarkson Right, so that's, that's like, be- when we're being be describing the story, like, oh yeah, so our, our CEO like befriended Jeremy Clarkson, and he met him out at a charity party or something, right. and kind of became friends with him, and he had this idea of like Top Gear is great and everybody loves it. It's a global phenomenon mm. in motorsport. How do we make it a live experience? What about a circus for cars? You go along and you watch cars driving around. The Stig is there, and there's all these amazing supercars, and right. We could have the guys tour the world and do these like stadium shows of Top Gear. And that was kind of his idea. And he sold it to the BBC, as in sold the concept. And the BBC then started a company with my old boss to, to run these Top Gear events. Wow. So he had the global license to run Top Gear Live, which was like, wow. yeah, taking the TV show and making it a live experience. And it started off just like a theater, like you go and sit in an, an auditorium and you'd watch it. Like a, like a stage show, but like yeah. with cars. Yeah, and yeah. that was cool. And and they did that for a while. And then they had this idea, let's make it a festival. So they would rent out places like, they didn't do it, but like Goodwood mm. um, in the UK, mm. a big festival of speed. Um, they'd rent that area and they'd have like test laps and car experiences and all these cool um, experiential whiz-bang things that go alongside the car show. Yeah. But always with the talent of like uh, James May, Jeremy Clarkson and Richard Hammond, who were the presenters of the TV. Man, I'm right. so jealous, man. Any like, like car-related events we have here, like experience things. I mean, like for example, a Mercedes-Benz has their uh, their experience thing that outside them. Yeah, bam, right? Yeah. Mm. It's really cool. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but the cars are just sitting there. They don't do nothing. I'm oh, like, yeah. Isn't that inside a shopping mall? No, no, no. That's outside in the open area. They ah. have a whole event. But then also, like, I think in Hong Kong, though, there's never been, like, a thing where we've had, like, crazy driving or crazy cars or something, like, circus-related. It's usually, like, celebrities standing outside, sitting on top of the car, waving. Yeah, <laughs> or it's very, it's very, very um, shopping mall-centric here. And, like, yeah. the place... I kind of understand it though. I had a conversation with a number of car brands in Hong Kong and like they will tell you if we get the space in Harbor City and we put the cars there, we'll sell like 20 cars. True. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, this true. This would blow my mind but they'd really, it was way more lucrative because I'd be there, oh, why don't you place your cars in this nice food festival and like yeah. you have great experience and right exposure and the great kind of audience and quality of people and he's like, yeah, but I sell like 20 cars in Harbor City. So it's right. It's not the right kind of foot traffic they want. True. Yeah, true. or they just seem to get people at a purchase moment in, in Harbor City that is like, dropping some cash and yeah. buying like I, I live nearby there and I go by there to go to the ferry that's how poor I am <laughs> and I literally pass by the the, the Mercedes uh, like they have had it recently yeah. up on the second floor and it's super busy yeah, and they don't yeah. look like the people they don't look like me who are just go inside and take a selfie these people are buying cars yeah I think it's people are used to making a really big purchase decision inside a mall it's not very typical in Europe or the US I think you want to be like wine and dine and taken to a fancy right. if you go to a showroom in Australia like in every premium car dealership will have like its own barista and like yeah. they yeah. all have chef ambassadors who've made the cookies and it's all very high end whereas yeah. here it's like in a mall happy to buy it let's, let's go I think that's, that's changing now I mean like you've got a, what, a house I think it's called like in uh, Ben's has their the showroom in Central yeah the, the collaboration with IWC I thought that was yeah. really, really smart yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, so yeah. that's really cool and the, so they have events we've had comedy shows there just basically just to create a community 
that likes the brand that feels it's more like a lifestyle thing. I think that's what people are buying now. The new generation is all about lifestyle. Yes, they're buying so, into it not just for the the good itself, but kind of the the, the uh, ancillary feeling around it for sure. Yeah. So I mean, like you could definitely have like movies like The Fast and the Furious, and then talk to car companies, and be like, put your car there. Well, we did this. So we had we had the grounds last year, and we were very fortunate. The guys from BMW in Hong Kong, um, shout out to BMW, yeah. had great vision. To, like, they just wanted to do something really talk of the town. They came to us and said, "We're launching this new car. We want to do something really cool. Can we do a drive-in movie theater?" And we're like, "That sounds wicked. We'd love to do that." Yeah, so we, we that's actually, really we, cool. Did yeah, you actually do that? We did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, we're really tricky in Hong Kong with rules and regulations and restrictions and things. Yeah. But like, so also that area, I guess you get the cars in from the other side. Obviously, yeah. They drove. The they drove front. in. They drove in by the carousel and they yeah. came into the site and then yeah. they parked up and then bizarrely we weren't allowed to have them sit in the car and watch the movie they had to get out of their car and watch a movie can they sit on top of the car or something no we had that as well that wasn't allowed yeah very particular rules it turns we got that on that day for licensing as we've discussed yeah um, but <laughs> it was quite particular in the licensing but we got there in the end and the guys did a drive-in movie experience yeah. and they ended up uh, sadly for the guys working there including myself they showed the same movie six times in a row oh man oh no because the, the car is in the movie but they didn't want to show um, they did not want to show different movies have people kind of fighting over I want to see that one or that one or right that one. right right so they showed the same Mission Impossible movie <laughs> sometimes <laughs> Man, um, the, the mission was possible by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mission most likely. Oh, you have your sound effect now. Oh, <laughs> hey, I, I, I forgot which one it is now. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I think I can do it. it. There it hey, is. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I got that one. All right, nice. sorry. That was a, that was a rim shot. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was cool. We liked working on that stuff. That was really like to do something very different. And they created this whole experience around drive-in. And I couldn't get over how passionate people were about their cars, particularly their, their old vintage BMWs. Well, yeah. definitely. I mean, what you can see is people like they'll they'll keep their cars clean. Like that's the thing in Hong oh, Kong. Everyone that as came well. to this thing had their car valeted that day, and oh, they were turning sure. up like, "Wow, look at my car! It's looking yeah. fresh." Oh, and they all wanted photographs with their car next to their car with their girlfriend with no girlfriend, yeah. someone else's girlfriend. Just wanted <laughs> photographs with their car. You know, right. speaking of BMW, I think there is a BMW car whose license plate is second GF, second girlfriend. I think I have. A oh photo yeah, of that. I saw. I You've saw. It, right? it yeah, is BMW. It's a black one. Yeah, so just like just shout out to BMW again, sponsorship. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a Hong Kong thing. Before I moved here, actually Dubai too, because I've spent some time there. They're also like filthy rich, and they just like spent crazy money on stupid number plates. Yeah, and Hong Kong was the other place where I saw that. Yeah, it is obviously the the one the pink. Uh, is it? Oh, Rebecca. 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 I thought it's Deborah. No, no, Deborah. Deborah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Deborah, the Rolls Royce. The pink. You know, I've seen it. Yeah, it's ridiculous license plates and obnoxious colors. Like yeah. Hong Kong must hold it down for like the most ridiculously colored. Yeah. Super but that, that's how rich you have to be. Where you're like, I will pay extra money for something that's ridiculously ugly because you also know how much face. they're paying for the parking spot oh yeah like it's crazy money yeah yeah and on parking top is of expensive that, yeah, yeah 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 the parking's nuts like i know yeah. a lot of people who are rich here and they're like having a money uh, a car here doesn't make any sense they just doesn't, don't have cars it really doesn't yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, it does as long as you have a bmw sponsorship <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right yeah yeah it actually it's true they did the math and it's actually cheaper just to take a taxi everywhere you go. or even an uber if you can afford it yeah, just yeah. have an uber everywhere and yeah like you basically have your own driver yeah but i think it's also the convenience and also the it's just the status as well i have a lot of friends who basically like having a car was a was a point in their life where it's like having a have a, a house right you know where you kind of like I, I made it i i can afford and well i have a car <laughs> not afford it but i have a car yeah. so i think there's that as well i said mentality that's why the shopping mall thing is like you know oh i, I want to go today i want to you know treat myself mm -hmm. oh get us ice cream no i will get a car oh okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. nice yeah so that's how it is over here very often so um, otherwise uh events wise though is there anything like like coming up that we, like you're excited about so yeah right now right now we're recording between the time of the lawn actually let's talk a little bit about how we got to work together because yeah, as you said like right, yeah. yeah because when you open the grounds the first time uh <laughs> you you wanted to have different events and then you reached out i think we were at the time to explain what happened. At the time, we were just about to leave Live Nation and Live Nation like had just shut down the Riff yes. and we we're just at this weird place where we like, can we even do our own events? We didn't know what was allowed and what was not. Yeah, and then we're also in the planning stages for for the backstage. Exactly that, yeah. yeah. That's the chat I had with Andy, and there was an an, in, an interest there, and I was really keen to work with. We had a mutual friend, Martin, yeah, a very dear friend of mine. Yeah, shout Martin, out to Martin Hague, Hague. shout out. Yeah. yeah, you better subscribe to that Patreon, Martin. You you can <laughs> definitely well afford it. Oh, he can. Um, <laughs> but we yeah, so we're keen to do something, and then it didn't come off. So we did the grounds for I think eighty five days, yeah, plus seventy five days closed, so about one hundred and fifty days, mm. and then we closed the grounds. We had this new idea for the lawn club. Uh, I was going to ask about that. So w was it the new idea? Was it just like a rebranding kind of thing? Or was it just let's try something different? Because it seems to me as just an outsider, it's like, all right, these guys did kind of the same thing, but they just flipped it so it looks different. 
Like yeah, the stage we did, is we, there from... We wanted it to feel familiar, but also different. We, we wanted it to be an mm. extension of the old brand, but something new. We're trying to create consumer experiences that we can scale and replicate and do in other parts of the world. We'd love to mm. take these kind of these shows on the road and do them in the, the Greater Bay Area. I mean, the company is named Greater Bay Media Entertainment. We right. have aspirations to go to Southern China with these And also AI Vitality Park, they, ha- they exist in other places in the world, right? Uh, I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but AIA Vitality is a brand. Yeah. I mean, AIA is a, it's a global brand. Mm. Um, Vitality Park, I think, might be the first one in Hong Kong, I think. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, for us, we wanted to have a space that we would it would feel different, but in the same location. And we kind of really tried to revitalize that that space behind the wheel that was not being yeah. used before, I think, for events. And well, my question not, is, like, if the ground is so successful, why didn't you just keep it? Uh, good question. I've been asked that quite a lot. Mm. Um, my feeling on this was you'd rather kind of you'd rather uh, be missed and come back rather than outstay your welcome. Yeah. So I mean, I like the idea of creating annual, repeatable, scalable events. So we'd like to do the grounds every year at a time that people want to have it back. They look forward to it. Mm. When I lived in, lived in Australia, there was a very definitive time of the year, and Hong Kong has that too. Like, you know, when Art Month comes around, like the big tent goes up on the harbour front. Stuff is happening in the exhibition mm. centre. It's March. That's the vibe, and you look forward to that time of the year. Yeah. And then later in the year, November is like clock and flap and wine and dine and kind of those big events mark the calendar mm. Formula E when it was here yeah. so it's it's we wanted to have that sense that the grounds was of a place and um, we like kind of that end of the year that Q, Q4 mm. October, November, December is our prime time so we wanted to keep that mm. so I also didn't want to do the grounds and keep doing it into a point where like it just kind of fizzled you'd rather yeah. kind of leave on a high so I mean we haven't reinvented the wheel with the grounds we just tried to do something very Simply and Insert effectively. Insert wheel pun there. Yes. <laughs> that, I'm too, uh, that I'm too tired to make. There you go. There you go. That's a great one. I should you know who has wheels? BMW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do. This episode is not sponsored by BMW. Yes. Please yes. send yes. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. So th- that's the thing. Is like, I remember uh, I did the big, big sleep out there one time uh, when it was the grounds, I believe. And I remember when I came to the lawn club thing that you had moved the stage basically, basically from north side to basically west side. I mean... Why? Why the move? Is it was like Feng Shui master told you that's more lucky or something. I would love to say there was some sort of. Um, <laughs> you also put trusses up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. No, so the grounds was a very different piece, and we had the big screen, and it was more focused on the on-screen experience. For the lawn club, we wanted to be less about sitting in one place and watching a screen. We wanted you to move around the space. Yeah. Actually, it's not really geared as well as the grounds to comedy, which I think yeah. I said to you at the time. Yeah. It just happened to be that time of the year. But yeah. Um, no, the idea with the lawn club was you could move around, play some games, play some croquet or some bocce or mm. um, or cornhole, whatever it was, yeah. and then go back to your space, but still be socially distant, still be safe. The whole idea was thinking of experiences you could do for a large number of people, but in a safe way. Right. And so it's very, very hard to do. Uh, it seems very simplistic, but it's actually quite challenging. So It is. Like, even for us, just as an outside producer, it's still, like, quite a lot of work to, to just navigate the space. I can imagine you guys, every time, putting on a new show, dealing with a new set of challenges, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's we tried to have a blueprint. That's where the framework worked, and people were used to it. We have... <clears throat> pods as we call them you've got a pod of four mm. people people are like well I can sit a six in a restaurant now why is it still four well four works in terms of ticket sales and how that comes together it's very straightforward yeah. four is two couples mm. um, easier to kind of put together so yeah. we had a format that worked people understood it we thought through all the logistics of like delivering food and um, scanning QR codes and yeah. all that kind of carry on so we wanted to keep that but then put up new content so yeah. and we thought yeah summer was too hot to sit and watch a movie we wanted to get people moving around so that was yeah. the games piece um, but not without its own challenges. I mean, the lawn club was, was great for us for the summertime, but um, I want to say the grounds was easier, but it's, it's more easily understandable straight away with the grounds. I'm right. going to watch Top Gun on Thursday. Yeah. Sit down. Let's go. Yeah, because the lawn's model is like you come in and you just kind of hang out and there will be something on stage happening. Yeah, I mean, we, as we, opposed to the grounds where people are booking the movie, basically. Yes, yeah, they, yeah. The con- it's content-led. Whereas right. the Lone Club, to be fair, not to be fair, that's one of the things we noticed with the, with the Lone Club. It was challenging because the, the content wasn't distinct on different mm-hmm. nights. And when we did distinct things, for example, having the f- fantastic backstage guys there doing a comedy night, yeah. that, that went really well and sold really well. Yeah. Uh, or other events we had, like Got Quiz or... Um, I think we had the, we had a cornhole competition. Had like we kids had kids events as well. Yeah, we did you stuff with little yeah. steps. We did some charity events. They all worked really well. The Women of Hong Kong event. They yeah. all worked really well because people understood on that day. It's very clearly what it is. If you want to hear about the, the events that did not go well, subscribe to the Patreon, <laughs> where Simon <laughs> talks about everyone who's not welcome back. Exactly. <laughs> you got to pay to hear me. Exactly. To talk to you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> comes at a price. <laughs> My dignity comes at a price. Um, so yeah, understanding different events and being very clear cut and, and what you're buying and going to. Mm. 
Mm. But we, we wanted to do more with the Lawn Club. We didn't get there in the end with some of it. For example, we wanted to show all the summer sport. One yeah. of our big things we wanted to have was like have the Olympics on. Have oh, the, the Euros. On. Yeah. yeah, the Olympics have the Euros. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We just couldn't get to a, uh, a reasonable commercial conclusion with any of the sport. Which yeah. is quite disappointing, having worked in that space before. I mean, you could have killed it with that with England games. Yeah, we if you could, a- if you're able to stream it, you know. I think I'm sure the licensing issue being like in an outdoor area. That's one part. I mean, it's very grey. I mean, I've, yeah, I've worked around sports rights for a long time, and mm. and and kind of understand it. And uh, yeah, I was very disappointed with the conversation w- went. The the one thing I would recommend and suggest you could use it for is like uh, you can rent it out to co-working spaces, and they can use it for Zoom meetings. <laughs> that would be like everyone's like trying to up each other. Like, look at my background. I'm in right, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the beach. You're like, uh, look around, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, you know how expensive yeah. land is in and Hong it's Kong. Not, it's yeah. not a green screen. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Exactly. Changing pods and having a Zoom call, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Better use of the space, you're right, yeah. Um, yeah. Or like e-gaming and stuff. I'm sure, like, there's a lot of things that could be played with because I know, like, for example, let's just use e-gaming real quick, right? So in Hong Kong, e-gaming is getting bigger and bigger now. Yep. And they mm-hmm. have, like, those, uh, I, the festivals as well. They had the e-gaming competitions mm-hmm. last year as well. So people are actually looking forward to outdoor events where it's, like, not the same old concert. Mm-hmm. I think people are done with concerts where, like, okay, we get it. We're going to listen to you sing. I'm going to wave my wand and things are going to happen. Great. So people are, are interested in that, but I guess, like you said, it's also how to make it commercially viable. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, I think the concert model will always be live music is one of the most tribal, primal experiences people want to have. Yeah. I, I think it's brilliant, and I I sorely miss it. I love going to gigs, some of my fondest memories. I just feel now the expectation is it's, it's more than a festival. It's more yeah. than a concert. So, like... There's a word in in the business that I'm in, or definitely the business I used to be in, of like the festivalization of entertainment, mm. where like everything has to have. It can't just be about like what's on the stage. It's like what food are they serving? What's the what the brand experience yeah. right. are? If you look at all the headlines about Coachella, it's it's less about what's on the stage and more about what's going on around it. Who had the teepees? Where was the miniature golf? Who had yeah. the Ferris wheel? What do the brands do? Where did all the rich people stay that everyone else couldn't afford to stay in because they were invited to by this brand? It's what are yeah. It's, it's so it's a it's all shifting. It has to be bigger and more and more inclusive and more immersive and all these yeah. really fancy buzzwords. So um, that's a challenge for event organizers. It was the same doing Top Gear. It couldn't just be have the guys on stage doing the car shoot to do all mm-hmm. the things around that as well. Yeah. Um, when we did the MasterChef event, that was like really complicated trying to put it all together to make an experience people would go to that wasn't just watching the TV show mm, on a stage. Live, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that fire festival stuff? I was just going to say that. Were you involved, Simon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know a guy that went. Uh, did what? you? Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Here's a good story. Okay. So I actually don't know him that well. There's a guy from Dublin who, when I was doing my nightclub, so I didn't finish my origin story, did the mm. university thing. The year after I left university, I basically continued doing nightclub events. So I looked mm. like a promoter. I'd take a Wednesday night at a nightclub and charge a cover charge and put on a theme and make some money. And that was very, very lucrative for a summer. And I was like living like I was earning a lot of money when I wasn't really <laughs> in spending right. it all. And there was guy, a lot of guys in Dublin doing the same thing because it was very much like, well, that looks easy. I can book that place over there and everyone will right. come to my party. And a guy in Dublin was doing the same thing. And then... And you guys, the tax laws are pretty chill too, right? We're super chill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we invented low corporation tax in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that and Guinness. It's great. Um, but Good yes, mix. this guy was... Uh, in the same game as me doing that for a while I, I left and went into events and different things but he stayed with us and I remember at the time talking like I'm going to buy this ticket it's this amazing thing it's like because they were like thousands and thousands of dollars right Right. and he bought it and he's in the documentary you can see him wow <laughs> and I, this guy what is his name I'm going to go which one by the way there is two documentaries oh the, the, the one on the Netflix one okay I've only seen that one yeah there is another one I think on like Amazon or whatever Hulu or something Hulu, Hulu. Netflix, yeah, something Netflix like is that. the one that pre- most people have seen yeah, yeah. 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 Well, with the yeah. guy and the, the water guy and the yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, I, he don't, he's not he's not like relevant in the documentary I just I saw him and when I was saw he him just one of the victims he basically. was one of the victims oh yeah, my yeah. god that's so good but you'd see me like he rocks up with can we enthusiasm. also add him <coughs> and on this uh, on this uh, absolutely yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say his name uh, but he I will find him yeah. some guy with an Irish Irish accent. guy he's, <laughs> he's on the IMDB for the fire <laughs> festival guy number seven he probably put himself on it <laughs> victim um, number seven but you see him getting off the boat or whatever like with such enthusiasm like he's bought all his new gear he's in some oh like obnoxious like sleeveless wife beater top he's like He's going to the gym, excited for Fire Festival. Yeah. yeah. And then it obviously just turns to absolute shit. I mean, I'm not for victim blaming, but sometimes you're like, 
Come on, you kind yeah. you kind of deserve that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it was a shame, the man. thing, but on the premise of what it was, if yeah. you saw that video and thought, "I want me some of that," exactly, then you deserve what you got. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing like endearing. Like, there's not a spiritual awakening. I'm not going to see something like it's not like Burning Man, where yeah. I know that's now got to a point now where it's, it's lost very its commercial. Luster. Yeah. But before it was like I'm really going to this thing because I've heard it's like this yeah. was people going, "I want to go and get these Instagram photos," so all my friends are jealous. Yeah. as yeah. that's why I want to go. Yeah. So did you talk to them after? Words? No, I haven't. No, I'm, oh, not, I'm, okay. not, I'm not in touch with them as such. But I Can saw them on the TV show. Poor guy shows up. He's like, there aren't even rappers or clappers. Yeah, Anyway, all right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Fire Festival and stuff. Those are bad ones, but the good ones we've we've heard you talk about a lot mm. about that. So, Simon, real quick, uh, is the the next big thing that's on your mind that's going to be happening soon that you've got planned? I'm just yeah. We're so we're, we're going to open the grounds again in October. Uh, that's our plan. We're calling it yeah. season two, affectionately. Season nice. two of the grounds. So and it's from September till when? Mid-October to... Uh, Mid-October? Yeah, kind of towards the end of December. We're okay. kind of playing with the closing date. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so we're very excited. Um, we have all this... In, it's crazy. All these insights and information, like what movies people like, what content they wanted. So yeah. We'll do more of that. Um, so Show the Fire Festival documentary there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. And pause when your body is on screen. Yeah, like, yeah. My I know. Like, get him on my Zoom. Dude. <laughs> Just get, get him on Zoom right there. It's like, hey, dude. <laughs> Everyone's laughing at you. Yeah. Um, so you have a plan for the movies. Um, plan for the movies. We'll have a conversation about some comedy. Yeah. Um, I think it, it all depends. I mean, it's really, we know what we can do. We know mm. what we'd like to do. It all depends what we're able to do based on restrictions. Actually, I was going to say, do you expect uh, the, the, the cap to be increased? Uh, I really don't know, to be honest. I mean, the rules we're hearing now mm. and the logic behind them is 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 frustrating. Mm. Um, you can do certain things in certain places. Like I can go to a nightclub tonight and take my mask off. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I, someone <coughs> took me to a, like a busy bar the other yeah. night. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you, these people, COVID doesn't exist for them. Exactly. Yeah, they're just living It's living insanity. It. Yeah. Like Whereas I'm fully vaccinated and I was scared. I'm like, this is not safe. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried now going back to Ireland next week about my wife made the point like this COVID is rife in Ireland. We're very lucky in Hong Kong that right. people take excuse me, people take precautions, but also there is not a lot of COVID around. Whereas right. there's a thousand cases a day in Ireland at the moment. Jesus. Um, and vaccination levels are on the up, but not not huge. So mm. we'll have to make some sensible choices. But um, yeah, so it's hard with the restrictions. I mean, we. We, we do what we can within the restrictions that we have, but we're yeah. also realizing we're in a very visible place where we are in the yeah. front. We're in a very obvious place, a lot of eyeballs. And yeah. we tried from the start to set, we wanted to set a good example. I mean, when I went back to this, go back to the idea, the, the cheesy shining the light story, we right. wanted to set a good example for people and say, you can do things safely. Yeah. We do have rules. Um, we've been fortunate the last while when we first opened the grounds I would literally walk around to people and say get back in your pod Yeah, get back in your pod yeah. and put your mask on. <laughs> yeah. And we've relaxed that a bit now. We try to be a bit more... Um, People, people kind of get it and they also they, yeah. they understand not to kind I of... I am that guy at the comedy shows when people like start talking I would just they would see like a tap on the shoulder I'm like stop talking Yeah, <laughs> there is a show going on silence <laughs> um, <laughs> only, like... only laughter yeah exactly yeah that was in laughter shut up yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I don't know what way it's going to go and some of the, r- the rules some of the rules understandably are well, sorry, not understandably. Some of the rules have safety focused on them, but they have no commercial consideration whatsoever. So, for oh, example, yeah. the idea that we have a band play, mm. but I can't sell you a beer or a oh, wine or something yeah, while it's yeah, happening. Yeah, same that, comedy, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. doesn't work for us. We can't make that work. We don't make enough money selling tickets. It yeah. has to be beyond that. So F&B, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a huge part of what we do, and it's always part of the experience for us as well. How we, did you... Uh, we can cut that out if you want, but how did you uh, How did you end up on Shake Shack? I love Shake Shack. I'm just uh, curious. Like, why was Shake Shack the vendor for... We... We had a different food vendor for the grounds, and we thought we'd do something new for the. I didn't go to the grounds. I don't know which. Yes, yeah, we had something else for for, for the grounds, which had more variety to it. Shake Shack. Mm. We, um, I, I I was interested in finding the best, uh, the best. What's it? Delivered solution for the guest. Mm. So, um, one of the challenges we had previously was food is arriving at different times. You'd order vegan, you'd ordered. Oh, did you have diff- like different, different vendors, different, yeah. like as in different restaurants for yeah, the grounds? Yeah. So the other place was like kind of a food hall that had seven vendors in ah, one place. Oh yeah, that can be. Yeah, it's operationally challenging. It's yeah. like it was a new concept for them. And um, I mean, they did, people really loved the food. It was just a challenge with the kind of operational delivery. So we wanted to try mm. and streamline that. Um, I talked to the guys at Shake Shack, being so close on IFC, proximity yeah. is a big thing for us because we run all the food ourselves. Mm. Like all the, all the delivery comes, it's our guys doing it. So we need to think about what's near us, what we can do. Oh, I thought you ordered Deliveroo all the time. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we had this chat. I went through so many permutations of how to deliver food. It's actually, it's very, very complicated. Mm. And also bizarrely, like um, it's commercially challenging. I mean, these food delivery platforms, much in the same way I imagine that Uber is, it's 
it's extremely hard to make a business out of that. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't actually make commercial sense. Yeah. So you might not be surprised to hear that some food delivery platforms lose money on every single order that they place because mm. the cost to service it is just too high. So we try to keep it really simple, really basic, lots of hardworking people going forward and back, forward and back. So you place food. the order, like when the customer places the order in the pod, it goes to Shake Shack and then someone from your staff go, goes and picks it up. Exactly that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That We've actually makes sense why you picked Shake Shack then. Because yes. they also have like the IFC one. Well, is it's quite also big. a bloody good burger. I like the Shake Shack no, burger. No, no, no. I, mm. I started by saying I love them. I'm just curious about the choice of almost like a fast food restaurant. Because I imagine like some people here are very health conscious. They're like, oh, I want my that vegan was the biggest. Bullshit. That was the biggest maybe feedback point we got. Was yeah. And the lack of options for people who are vegan or right. vegetarian, which I understand. Yeah. Obviously, in the establishment we're currently sitting in, which is yeah. amazing vegan food. And yeah. um, <laughs> the... the um, yeah, so yeah, we have to reconsider our options for, for for the grounds again. I think the lawn club was more of a beverage occasion than a food occasion, so yeah. food wasn't maybe the hero of it, yeah. whereas the grounds, people have an expectation of coming and having a full meal, perhaps. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we always try to change it and mix it up. It's not You don't do same, same the whole time. Yeah, of course. Um, but we also have to consider what we can do very well, we'll try and do very well where we're based, what we're doing. That's You could stretch yourself too far and try and take on things that won't work mm. and do a bit more fire festival <laughs> which you didn't want to do so. actually uh, the, the last thing I'll say is like just because we worked together on a couple of shows for the lawn and the feedback you have done both shows and the feedback from the comics like people had a great experience there because like Vivek you're very experienced but some of comics on, on the show were like experienced as comics but they didn't do different stages or different like venues and the first one was kind of terrifying to them because we talked about this at length is like they do, they're not used to outdoor shows where you're like we are sitting in the audience who are like, oh, they're doing really well. And then they get up and they get off stage and they're like kind of mad. I'm like, what, what's up? They're like, no one is laughing. I'm like, no, 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 they're laughing. You just can't hear it. Totally. I, I mean, I had, to make a, I had to make a speech at the grounds for the media thing. And even I felt like this is a very strange Yeah, yeah you're dying yeah, up yeah, there. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like, I'm telling them like, no, no, people are laughing. And then I went up. I'm like, oh shit, I am dying. It's <laughs> like, you can't make the connection. Except that I was actually dying. It's different. But yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's harder. I mean, and the space is distanced by nature. So when you're used yeah. to like, a, a cluster of people together, close together, um, and hear the the sound. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's amazing to hear that feedback from a yeah. large group of people laughing at what you're the story that you're telling. So yeah. to not have that and then to be worried and second guessing and you maybe trying to in real time. You guys tell me, were you trying to like edit your act real time in yeah. your head? Yeah, yeah. Your sets, trying, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. shout out to you, honestly, you and Ed and Aiden, all the team. I you know there is a lot of names, but you guys were very accommodating because we gave you feedback after the first one. You immediately were like, okay, what can we improve? This, this, this within the rules, of course. Uh, but Ed has been fantastic. Shout out to Ed. Shout out to Led Bean. He's the man. Oh, he is the man. Okay, yeah. is that his, like I, is that his, his name no, or his just, company? We just, we just we just slag off because yeah. I know Bean, Bean is his last name. Okay. Edward Bean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ed's an extremely experienced production expert. He's worked on yeah. like amazing. Yeah, you know him as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I've worked yeah. on many times. Ed's worked yeah. on big shows all over the place, and we somehow managed to convince him to come work with us on this project. Yeah. Same on the grounds. Led Bean. That's a funny name. Yeah, because he was. We were basically. <laughs> I'll tell the story. Yeah. So Ed is basically pedaling the whole time. Like, anytime you want to like. We're going to put on a show and there's a stage in the audience mm. and that's what the budget allows. And Ed goes, oh, that's great, yeah. But what if you had some LED at the back? <laughs> <laughs> or what if you had, he just busted out some outrageous words like, what did he have once? Oh yeah, for the lawn club, yes. Simon, I think we should have a proscenium arch. <laughs> I'm like, what is a proscenium arch? <laughs> Apparently it's a theatrical thing about having an arch over the stage with the lights. Oh, I know. Yeah, okay. exactly. oh yeah, it's like no the Rolling either. Stones or whatever. Yeah, yeah I had to Google it myself. And um, <laughs> I bet he uses that every time he goes for meetings. Uh, proscenium arch. Yeah. Like, wow, proscenium arch. Um, there was the, the, we do make fun of Ed now about the the trust that you mentioned earlier at the right. Lone Club. Yeah. Um, we have the warmest trust in Hong Kong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Ed is like, we must have trust warmers on the trust. It must be warm. The trust. Like, Why? But like, the temperature? What are we? He goes, no, no, like lighting to like make it feel. Oh. Like ambient lighting. So yeah. Ed, Ed would look at something and go, all right, we can, we can warm this up. We can make the space yeah. feel a certain way. He's just way. all light. about light. Yes, he's well, he's, like he's a light, light yeah. and sound, but he's <laughs> all about the light. Like we can make this so much bigger and better with like some touches of light. Even with the grounds, like yeah. I was like, the screen's on, that will light the people, that will be fine. Or there's like, I had like these... Um, like uh, construction lights on the towers, like that will light the toilets. That will be fine. And then it's like, no, no, we need a warm, a warm wash of amber across the back, <laughs> and things like that. And so he really cares with those little, those little details that make it feel. Right. more elevated and that to be fair that really aligns with what we're trying to do with all the events I mean true I mean it's, it's a gorgeous like venue just as you know even when we're standing on stage you're like because we turned off all the lights obviously but even the light the warm lights on the trusses they look quite beautiful just the warm lights and the little uh, tables table yeah, lights the little lamps are cool yeah, yeah, yeah it's so cool all those things yeah so Ed I mean he he, yeah we do really well to get it's like um, 
having Ed work on your show is like, I don't know, what's a good example here? It's like having a five-a-side football team and Ronaldo plays with you. It's sort of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is great. And he's, he's, he's too capable. I yes, agree. exactly. He's, he's, like, he's, he's overcapable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so our trusses are always warm. Um, and Ed's great. Uh, so yeah, he's been, he's been amazing on the Lawn Club. And I think we've thrown some of the most ridiculous projects at Ed, like in terms of, oh, tomorrow we're going to have 12 bands play at the stage. Can mm. you help us arrange it? And he's, and he's done that and, yeah. and done a great job. So um, yeah, but it was great to have comedy. I think to, to have those, sto- those stories the biggest part of this, the biggest success of the grounds and the lawn club is having that imagery and that storytelling and that content of what we did, what we all collectively achieved in that yeah. space that goes around the world. I mean, the, the, the footage of like the grounds being open to show Joel's the first week and the Associated Press picked it up. Yeah. And we were in like, we made the New York Times, I mean, the Irish Times, my mum was delighted. We made wow. the, like, the Times of India, mm. um, the, was it ABC in Australia, like loads of these newspapers. It was crazy. Um, and to have that, I think it's just good for Hong Kong. After a, a, what has been a challenging couple of years for different reasons, to have good stories of Hong Kong go around the world, we're very proud of that. That's um, amazing. And it's, it's a real, yeah, it's a real plus point for us. And I think we've gotten support and more support from people locally because of that, I think, and, and yeah. um, media outlets locally and also um, the government agencies locally, like in terms of like the information services department, those guys have been great to kind of help us tell our story yeah. internationally. So um, that's what we'll always try and do. If we can make a couple of books along the way, that'd be great. But to do cool stuff in the middle of town and have everyone go like, that was that was kick ass. I'm very lucky now when you go around town and say, oh yeah, I work on the grounds. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, it was cool. I had a great time. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the buzz. That's why you do the job, I think. That's, that's why Thank you, you so much for creating something so amazing for Hong Kong during such a difficult time. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you at the grounds. <laughs>